welcome to The Sweet Spot on a Farm, episode 54. If this is your first episode and you have no idea what to expect, this is a podcast about health and food. And it's my search for an answer to how can we achieve healthy body and mind with the resources that are available to us locally. I'm looking at what we can do to improve our health and what and how we eat to support it. And I bring some interesting guests who provide us with the tools we need to lead a healthy, happy lifestyle that is personal to each and every one of us. I talk to natural health and fitness professionals, organic farmers and food producers, therapists and anyone whose business and life mission it is to keep the rest of us healthy. I ask them about their work, their passions and lifestyles. I wonder what they like to eat and we share cooking tips and plant-based recipes we can all easily make at home. This episode is going to be a lot about food and the importance of community and community spirit for our well-being. And it is one of those episodes I've been waiting to record since the first lockdown, so it's great to finally welcome the girls behind the South Belfast Community Pop-Up Cafe, Harper's Yard, Martina and Claire. Hi girls. Hi. (laughs) Thanks for having us. Um, This is amazing because we're actually sitting in what essentially (laughs) is the pop-up cafe, which is your neighbor's Brian's uh, backyard, store garage. It's amazing. I absolutely love the fact that you're really keeping it all in community spirit, that just neighbor decides to use the backyard (laughs) for community events. And um, I'm just so thankful to Brian. He let us use this space tonight as well, because we're yet again on a second lockdown. So would you be able to, maybe for listeners who don't know what Harper's Yard is, would you be able to introduce your um, community event and tell us a little bit about how it started? Yeah. Uh, So Harper's Yard started um, back in December 2016. Um, Martina and I uh, were neighbours and uh, we used to live opposite each other. And uh, Martina lives next door to the famous Brian Harper. Um, And... Martina and I were friends, um, we had two small kids, um, each of us, and we both shared an interest in, in cooking and, and healthy living. And um, we heard about a small um, boy locally who needed specialist cancer treatment in the US and his family raising money for that cancer treatment. And they were holding a, an event for him. Uh, but we couldn't go because it was an evening thing and we couldn't go because of our kids. And we thought, what could we do? You know, Is there something that we could do instead? Um, and it just so happened that Brian had been busily painting and kind of doing up a little bit his yard and both of us thought what an amazing space it is here it is you know there's ladders stuck to the wall there's white bricks painted it's got a little shelter um, and we thought wouldn't that be a great kind of you know hipstery kind of cool cafe and I said well let's do it let's make a pop-up cafe we'll have a charity pop-up cafe in aid um, of this of this boy um, and so we did it. We baked all the cakes ourselves. Um, we told all our friends, anyone we knew, we held up on a Friday morning. And it was absolutely fantastic. It was so well received, you know, not only the cakes and the getting together, but it was it was more than that. The community kind of said, this is fantastic. You know, we're all here in the alleyway, in this backyard, chatting to each other, using this space, um, sharing a coffee, getting to know each other. When are you going to do your next one? And uh, so, yeah, that was four years ago, and we've done um, one pretty much every three or four months since then, since, well, until lockdown last year. And, and since then, so every time we uh, choose a different charity to raise money for, normally local charities, 
and uh, since then we've raised over £13,000 for different charities. Whoa. Wow, that's quite a lot by just holding a little... I mean, it, it's actually not a little event anymore. No. Because <laughs> you guys have quite a few people coming through the doors when you do put an event on. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. It started, I think the first one, there's probably about 30 people or so. Yeah, yeah. And we thought, okay, that's it. Yeah. That's it. And then people were asking, let's do it again. So we did it again. And then we had more people. And then at the last one, there were maybe a couple hundred. Mm. Maybe a couple hundred people at the last one. That's amazing. How do you select your charities? Uh, it's normally people approaching us or something that we have... A kind of um, affinity for um, or or something that has happened so for example one time we raised money um, there was a really um, fantastic lady uh, who is a, a well-known character in the community who ran the local playgroup um, Marion Hunter and uh, when she passed away um, the the manager of the playgroup said, oh, I'd love to get a bench for her in Ormo Park you know to remember her and all the families that have been through this playgroup and, uh, and she said, but, you know, it's so expensive. And we said, don't worry, we will have a Harper's Yard and raise money for her. So we, um, so we ha held a Harper's Yard in the grounds of the playgroup in um, Ormo Park, and we raised more than enough um, to, to buy this bench for her in, in Ormo Park. So, it, mm -hmm. you know, different charities have approached yeah. us and said, you know, could you work with us? So it, it really depends on kind of... Yeah... Yeah, like around because some of our leftover cakes we would offer to homeless charities and then uh, or homeless shelter and then uh, so around Christmas we offered we would raise money for Simon Community and uh, it was amazing because they provided with uh, us as volunteers and we raised so much money uh, and it was just amazing. So that was another charity we chose because it was Christmas time and because we know that homeless people needed that. This is amazing. But you know, I don't expect that you just bake this stuff all yourself <laughs> anymore. So you now you have, I believe, you you, you put up calls and people will yeah, donate yeah. cakes and pies yeah. and tray bakes and stuff. Yeah, back in the early days, we did everything <laughs> ourselves. We did the lot. We baked all the cakes. We did yeah. all the labels. We made all the coffee. Um, we served everyone. And now, um, what is extraordinary, I think, about Harper's Yard is that it's a really good example of um, if you build it, they will come. You know, Martina and I just put the event together, but people make it happen. The members of the community yeah. make it happen. So 60 okay. people will bring cakes and people will volunteer to um, help and, you know, brew coffee. Other people will sing songs, a choir will sing, or there'll be music, or there'll be craft activities. Or um, one time someone turned up with a whole load of plants that they had and they said, I'm going to sell them. Um, and raise more money you know people come with their ideas and with their talents and um, you know and, and we just kind of provide the vehicle for it to happen and other people make it happen this is amazing <laughs> I can't believe that this just starts in somebody's backyard yeah. and it grows so much um, I mean how did you even think about like like baking? I mean, was cafe just an obvious choice, or did you have any other ideas? Well, <clears throat> I have to say that uh, I think since living in Northern Ireland, I discovered that cup of tea 
is connect people. You know, people love to have good old cup of tea. And coffee mornings, um, I think, are so frequent here. So we thought coffee morning is a brilliant idea. It's the easiest way to get people around. And uh, I just believe that a cup of tea has so much power, you know, that people actually stop doing what they are doing. They have nice warm cup of tea in their hand and they can talk, talk to, talk to other people. So we were inspired by uh, coffee mornings, and we thought, let's do it. We have, uh, you know, cafetiers, we can bake cakes, and we have the space. So what's stopping us? We can do it. <laughs> this is just so cool. And I believe that your trade actually comes in handy because you studied food safety. Yes, yes, you? yes. My my background is food and nutrition. So I've always been passionate about food. I love talking about food. I love food, um, and I just wanted to learn more about uh, nutrition. So after I graduated, I went uh, and worked in the food industry. So that's my background uh, in technology. But um, after I had my kids, I didn't go back to work because I realized that food industry is not really that flexible for, you know, mom who wants to be with her kids. And, you know, I wanted to find time for my kids and I wanted, uh, but it just didn't work me but I love baking and I think thanks to being at home with my children I was able to get into it this is great plus you have two little helpers this is great what about you Claire did, did you have any background or is it just because you love baking yeah yeah no I have no background in uh, food at all I um, my background's kind of in environmentalism and sustainability um, but I was actually on maternity leave um, when we did the first Harper's Yard. Um, I distinctly remember Martina and I like taking half an hour out break while we sat and breastfed our babies <laughs> and got back to serving coffee. Yeah. So, <laughs> the, you know, it was like chaos, um, babies, tiny children. But yeah. my both of my kids had um, dairy allergies, so I was really looking for recipes that were kind of kid-friendly and you know baking without dairy and things like that so um that's kind of where my kind of interest in cakes and baking and trying to find kind of healthy dairy-free kind of treats for my kids that's where that came in that's actually great because it's one of the things i wanted to ask you guys about because you are this is just beyond raising money for charity mm -hmm. this is an incredible community event you're bringing people together everybody gets to take a break from daily routine daily life and just come together over a nice cake that maybe their neighbor might have baked yeah, you yeah, know yeah. and a lovely cup of coffee or tea and but obviously there are um these days there are a lot of allergies around people have different dietary needs some people are vegan some people can't take sugar there are diabetics people with gluten intolerances people with ibs ibd digestive disorders people with uh, certain nutritional, nutritional um, requirements for whatever reason it may be and you know being in a community like that it, it sort of screams of inclusiveness mm -hmm. you know being inclusive so I was wondering how you guys managed to make sure that you have something for everyone because I mean from my own experience it, it's incredibly frustrating and I always felt a bit left out when we went 
to a cafe or to a restaurant with friends and everybody was able to have a cup of tea mm. or coffee with a, with their favourite bun and I was just sitting there like, mm, I can't actually eat anything. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I know it's, it's difficult to cater for everyone, but have you managed or do you have people who specifically bake mm. for you and donate cakes and bake trays for, for your events that are, you know, I don't know, dairy gluten-free or whatever? Yes, so when we started, uh, we uh, made quite a... We made quite a selection of things. So we had, I remember we had some gluten-free, um, sugar-free. We made some maybe... Definitely dairy-free. Dairy-free. There was some, some raw, yeah. Some raw healthy stuff. So we did that, the, the, the first few uh, events. And then um, when our community was growing and people started actually to bake cakes and to donate cakes. It was usually that the people who were vegan supplied vegan cakes. We had few um, kids we were aware had nut allergy, so we either asked our parents to supply something or we made nut-free cake or free from cakes, and they would be kind of hidden in the corner, you know, specially designated box. Uh, so I think we probably accommodated, we were able to accommodate everyone, and because of... I have to say, and that's from event number one, we labeled all the cakes. That was Claire's idea. And with her beautiful uh, attention to the beautiful handwriting, she would make all the labels for e So every cake has a label. So you know exactly what you're eating. And it's nicely presented. And mm. I think it's kind of our trademark that mm. um, sometimes, you know, from my experience, I would go to a coffee morning and just few. there are cakes on plates and you don't know what it is. And you don't know, you know, is it free from, or you know, but we try to do that and put everybody's name on it so people know who contributed the cake. So that's the this thing. This is amazing. This is just so lovely. And I am sure that it must have been really hard over the past few months when you couldn't put up an event and couldn't bring the community together. And I'm sure there, there are a lot of people who are missing these events because, I mean, whether we realize it or not, we all need the human interaction. And I think community is incredibly important for everybody's well-being. Um, get together with your neighbors. And I just love the fact that we live in a relatively busy city. Well, I'm saying city quite reluctantly. <laughs> Martina and I both got from Czech Republic and I lived in Prague for many years. So I'm just like, Belfast, no, not really city to me. Sorry, Belfast. <laughs> Uh, but it is a relatively busy place where you're kind of used to in these places to the fact that neighbors don't know each other, they barely say hello to each other, yet you're bringing the whole community together, get people to donate cakes for charity and then come and buy more cakes to donate more yeah. to charity. This is amazing. I, I absolutely love that. And I think it's incredibly healthy for mm -hmm. not just for, for the whole community, but for individuals. Yeah. and for families yeah. to, to get out there together and get to know your neighbors which is I think in today's world it's quite rare in urban you know areas like this it is really rare to know mm. not just one of your neighbors but many mm -hmm. neighbors and come together on a regular basis for a good cause and for a bit of fun and a chat and not suddenly not having it I'm pretty sure that it must have hit some people really, really hard. How are you guys coping it? And and is there? I know that this is gonna probably last for a while. Yeah. Do, do you have any 
I know you do have some thoughts <laughs> to replace <laughs> your do. events for for a little while. Yeah, yeah, we do have some plans. So we, one of the things we were really gutted about is um, we had an event planned. Um, was it for April or March last year, or this year, twenty twenty? Um, and it was was going to be our first ever adults only Harper's Yard in the evening after dark. Ditching the kids. I know, Whoa. I know. And that you know Harper's Yard is fantastic because of the because of the age range. You know, we will always have like from newborn babies to ninety year olds. You know, and it is fantastic for this range of breadth of people. You know, young professionals and families and older people and 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 people as you say. You know, will come together. So Brian, our um, fantastic host, who who does so much for us, you know, he not only provides the space, but he's handyman extraordinaire. He's always up putting up, um, you know, signs and hanging things. And it, honestly, we uh, he, we drive him to distraction. Like Brian, we've got an idea. How about this? Um, but he, <laughs> um, you know, he he has lived. He was born on South Parade, um, but he will still meet people who come to Harper's Yard that he hasn't spoken to before, you know. Um, so for him and for other people who, you know, are still local, who lived here all their lives, it's still a way of meeting people. And, and then for me, who, you know, I only moved here um, six months before we started our first Harper's Yard, it was fan- it's been a fantastic way for me to meet people and connect with people um, that I wouldn't have met before. So it, is, it has been a real blow. Um, missing out on the adult-only event <laughs> was such a blow. We were so looking forward to it. You know, imagine the alleyway with little twinkly lights strung up and we had bands sorted and we even had an after-party. We were all going to go. We had a room booked at Northern Lights. We were all going to go up, up there afterwards. It was going to be amazing. So that was cancelled and that was really disappointing. But do you know what? I think it's going to be that much sweeter after oh, all this Oh, can you imagine over. that party? Because I'm sure everybody <laughs> who has kids will be... Sorry, kids. But your parents will be seriously sick of you after seven months <laughs> down. Like, honestly, because most people work from home and yeah. they can't get rid of their children. <laughs> so I, I can't imagine how amazing it's going to be it when gonna it be actually amazing. happens. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. But in the meantime, so... During first lockdown, the first thing that we did is uh, try and keep people connected online. Like everyone was, you know, all the Zoom calls and the um, kind of events and the get-togethers and everything online. So what we did, we have a really good uh, Facebook following. Um, So we connect to people socially and we held a uh, Harper's Yard Bake Off competition. Which I know you entered. I know your fantastic raw pie. It was the only, but it was the best raw pie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we asked people to bake and also and and put up a picture of their bake and um, and it was fabulous because you know we put up the pictures and there were so many fantastic pictures of smiling kids and then older people young people you know and everyone as you know that first lockdown everyone was making banana bread yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but everyone was baking everyone was doing something but what we were trying to do is share it with community like we can't be together um and someone made a fantastic cake which is still our um, facebook profile and it says um cake tastes better together and they had written a part on it as well it's such a fantastic sentiment that we you know we strive to maintain our community even though we are apart um so we did that and we asked everyone to don't everyone who entered the competition to donate to the south belfast food bank which obviously you know at that time is really important as well 
So we raised over £600 just doing that little, you know, tiny kind of online competition. And we haven't done things since then. And we were, you know, everyone was hoping that by the autumn it'd all be gone and we'd hold another event. And um, But obviously that that's just not the case. So what we are doing, uh, very exciting, little drum roll, <laughs> is we are currently putting together um, the inaugural Volume 1 Harper's Yard Community Cookbook. So this we have... So cool. <laughs> so we have asked some of our regular bakers, you know, people who uh, contribute to us regularly and often the same cakes, you know, they become favourites of Harper's Yard, um, to send us their recipes, some of them they're very secret recipes, um, mm-hmm. and tell us why the bake is important to them, and, and then tell, them, tell us as well a, bit, a little bit about what they like about Harper's Yard. So we are currently in the process of compiling it, um, and that will be sent off to the printers, and then so hopefully by mid-November it will be available to buy and again like all of our um, Harper's Yard events or anything we do uh, the proceeds are going to charity so the book is going to cost £10 but £5 from every book will be going to South Belfast Food Bank. This is amazing guys so you are actually doing a printed version? Yes yes no it will be printed it will be printed yeah (laughs) (laughs) just in the process of getting it all together. This is great this is really great I can't believe that, do you know, this is such a great project because yet again, it just brought the community together and I think there's something really special when you have um, a project that the entire community mm. is involved mm. in and it's amazing that you were able to come up with something that yeah. people can do together while they can't be together while they are apart. This is amazing. I think as well what I like about it is it shows the diversity in our community yes. as well. You know, we've got um, very traditional uh, tray bakes. We've got uh, Czech fruit cake. Mm-hmm. We've got Onion. raw blueberry pie. <laughs> we've got Hungarian uh, salty scones. We've got a Guinness cake. You know, we've got an Italian uh, custard cake. We have such diversity in the range of cakes we've got, and it really reflects our community. You know, the the different um, makeup of our community. It's very international, very mixed, um, and and you know, and everyone's telling a different story about about their own bake and what it means to them. This is gonna be a great read as well. I'm definitely gonna buy a copy, copy, and try to do more baking. There's <laughs> probably a lot of sugar in it, I'm afraid. Yeah. Do you know what? It's really easy to substitute. I've learned over the years to just substitute stuff. Uh-huh. I'm actually I've been trying to figure out, um, and Martina will know this, um, I've been trying to figure out a gluten free and sugar free vegan version of strudel. Oh. I know. Uh-huh. I've had quite a few attempts, it never worked. <laughs> Mm. so I'm still kind of thinking mm. and I'm going to keep trying because that's the one I'd really like to crack mm. <laughs> wow that's a challenge but I know I know but there are others that are really like traditional Czech tray bakes they're really easy to just substitute you know mm. there are ways like you're never going to get the same texture if mm. you need to avoid everything but there are ways but definitely like the likes of strudel is because it has such a specific dough mm. that you can't really make any other way yeah um, so yeah, <laughs> good luck. Trying, I'll keep trying. Um, now, tell me this. I'll go a little bit uh, back um, to the charities. Uh, this book is an amazing way to raise money for a charity because everybody likes baking. Uh, by the way, but was your intention from the very beginning to do 
um, when you decided that the first one was not the last one, was it the intention to do every um, Harper's Yard for different charity, or do you have a selection of your favorite charities that you would like to continue raising money for on a regular basis? Well, I think it's just, um, it just happened naturally. So the first time we did it, we just raised money for uh, the little boy, and then I think second time we saw uh, second time was comic relief because um, because it was around that time, and then after that uh, Macmillan. So we have raised money for um, you know national charities as well, and mainly because they fit in at that time of year. Um, but now people have kind of got to know us. So the last um, event we held was in December last year, and that was um, we were actually approached. Um, by Northern Ireland Children's Hospice because they'd heard about us and they said, look, you know, we're running this campaign. It's a Christmas campaign. Um, you know, can can will you raise money for us as part of this campaign? Because we have, you know, this much we need to raise um, to, to fund another bed for a year. And, you know, who does not want to support a children's hospice, especially mm-hmm. at Christmas time? Um, so for that event in December last year, we raised... Um, uh, how much did we raise... 16 18 1800 pounds this is amazing for do you know it's just i mean it's no longer just the two of you but for yeah yeah two girls Mm. starting something like that to be able to raise so much money just by baking and putting up a little event Mm. this is just so great and i'm just so glad that this is you know that I can say, oh, I live in Belfast, this is what's happening in Belfast, <laughs> yeah. just makes me so proud. No, I think we're very fortunate where we live, and the community here is so great, and uh, it's just amazing. Um, I just want to add to the last event we had, because uh, it's such it's a big, uh, well-established charity, they were able to provide us, uh, to send us some volunteers to help, and it was amazing, and because me and Claire, you know, we didn't have to, like, we were obviously uh, coordinating it, but all the hard work, all the coffees were mm-hmm. made by these lovely ladies. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had to keep a uh, headcount, people going in and out. Uh, so we had another volunteers for that. So they were clicking, clicking. Um, and it just, it just happened. It was just incredible getting uh, such help. It is, it is so, so great to have this in a community. And I'm kind of, that's one of the things um, I, I'm really grateful for living in this country mm-hmm. because and you probably can attest mm-hmm. to that. Like, I'm, I'm not sure. Like, Czech Republic probably has changed over the years mm-hmm. because well, we haven't lived there for a long time. But I just can't imagine something like this happening no. anywhere I lived. Mm-hmm. It's just the, the people. I don't want to say that Czechs are not generous mm-hmm. or Czechs are not community spirited. Mm-hmm. It, it's not that. It, it's just here, people just. It seems that people here come together more easily. Yeah. And I, I don't know what it is, but that's one of the things I absolutely love about Northern Ireland, but why I fell in love with the country and why I wanted to stay here. Because you make friends, genuine friends here, easier mm-hmm. yeah. than I remember ever yeah. back at home. It's just and the fact that two, the two of you only knew each other for six months before your first event. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, because so we moved to South Parade about um, ten years ago, and because I worked outside of Belfast, I spent my most of my week away, and then weekends before kids, you know, we would spend going t- 
to see the senators for lunches, you know, meeting friends. So I, I feel that I never connected with my neighbors. We didn't really know we knew Brian and we knew people on the other side. So there was no um, opportunity actually to, to connect. And then only after having kids and going to local um, toddler groups where I met Claire, I started to meeting people from the street who had kids, you know. So then we started to talk and then I actually realized this is community. You know, I want to be in community. You know, I want to feel, um, you know, welcome, you know, included. And this is, this is it. And I'm sure there are a lot of people who just didn't find the opportunity. So that's why we decided to do that first event, just basically give people the opportunity to connect mm. with their neighbors. I think this is something really important because I think it's everyone. It's just we all realize that at different stages of our life that we all at some point, to some degree, yearn for inclusion. Mm -hmm. We want to be a part of something. I think it's just embedded in us with mm. the way we evolved. And um, we are meant to be in a tribe. Yeah. It's just the nature of, of being a tribal human being. It's just in us. It, it, it's just so natural to us. And, and whether we realize it or not, and so being able to create and become part of such a community is so important. That's why I think these times are so incredibly hard for some mm -hmm. people. I, I know that some people can handle it better than others, but I can't imagine what it must be like for somebody who is either a single parent mm -hmm. or um, single altogether with no kids whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the first lockdown must have been really hard when people were not even able to travel to see their families. I mean, imagine being living on your own somewhere and being completely cut off from your and your only communication would be through digital devices. I mean, thank God for technology, but it's not a replacement for a physical contact and it never will be. Mm -hmm. I think you're right. You know, this it, when we. Um, after Harper's Yard had been going for a while, we asked people what they thought of it. You know, we we sent out a questionnaire, and um, and it was interesting because people liked that we were raising money for charity. Obviously, you know, and and people were incredibly generous. Um, and they, as you say, they bake cakes, but they also donate to charity, and they liked that. But they valued that as much as feeling part of the community, um, and that was as important to them. You know, the, it's the whole package. It's the being connected to your neighbours and you know making friends and being able to chat and having that human connection and interaction um, is as important as kind of doing a good thing for other people. Yeah, I think I think it's definitely right, and also there is a massive difference. I mean, I've different places I work at there. There's always workplaces trying to raise mm -hmm. money for charities as well, and so put on coffee mornings or different events to raise money for charity but it has a very different feel mm. a you're already at work so you're to a certain degree you're mm -hmm. already a part of that community yeah um, and and uh, i don't know anybody who's yearning to be a part of working community i'm sorry but <laughs> it's quite different than being a part of a neighborhood um <laughs> no offense to any employers out there <laughs> But it is different because you are already at work and, and most people, I mean, I never cared as much. I mean, you know, I mean, I do care about giving to charity and it's a great gesture, but at work, it sort of, it just feels like nothing but gesture. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
it's very it's very it feels very forced doesn't it and yeah. you feel like you're obligated to go mm. like you have to go and to show your face and you know and it feels like it's part of work yeah it's like this yeah. is what we're doing yeah. at work i'm taking yeah. part because it's part of work and it's it's just not the same whereas this is optional and something people genuinely want yeah. to do and they look forward to it they genuinely look forward to it we have <laughs> one of our friends Fanula regularly turns up a week early <laughs> she's always there she's done it about three or four times she stands like she's arriving in the alleyway with her she always makes banana bread and she's like where is everybody <laughs> she's like so keen and so looking forward to it she always gets the date wrong but people do look forward to it, you know. It is a bit of a like, you know, social. That sounds ridiculous, but it is, you know, part of the social calendar. It is, um, yeah. And especially if you do have kids, you don't get yeah. out very much, you know. And it's a good way of just chatting to your friends and speaking yeah. to people. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. it is something that people look forward to, and people also look forward to. Um, they look forward to baking for it. You know, there's mm. only so many cakes you can make yourself and eat yourself. Mm. And people who like baking and. Um, like food you know like sharing it with other people and um and trying out a new recipe and um kind of showing off a bit you know showing off their talents um and and we let them do that and we let people you know there's the local school um have a parents choir and they love performing they love being able to perform and other musicians will perform for us so you know people kind of like the opportunity to show off their talents as well Definitely. Even one of our uh, neighbor, he's 86, he turned up one time Ooh. and he recited at home. Yeah, it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful, yes. yes. We didn't know he was coming and he just turned up and he... It was a poem in his pocket. He just yeah, pulled out his pocket <laughs> and said, I'm going to recite a poem. It was lovely. Fantastic. <laughs> Have you ever anticipated how many people you can actually bring together? No. The alleyway actually, uh, mm. it's just grew grew very very gradually and then uh there was time the back alleyway was so full mm-hmm. we could not actually people could not they were fighting their way uh the coffee and the cakes because they are usually here in the yard the back alleyway was full because there was the ba- the choir performing mm-hmm. so then um next time was in the spring we decided to close off the road to allow people actually to spill out on the road the kids could safely play we had some uh, goals for them to play uh, football and that actually gave us a little bit of space because mm. it just got too cramped. But when um, I was talking to a few people asking, what is your favorite venue? Everybody loves the back alleyway. Mm. And my, my kids love it. Yeah, they just love yeah. it. But it's so cramped. We, we have moved around a bit as well. So um, we always had it in the alleyway. And then one March... Um, there was a fantastic snowstorm. Beast from east. The beast from the east. Do you remember? And then um, I remember. I distinctly remember Brian saying to us the week beforehand, "What are you going to do about Harper's Yard? Where are you going to have it?" And I said, "We're going to have it in the alleyway." And he said, "Haven't you heard about the storm?" I was like, "Don't be silly. It'll be fine." And then the two days beforehand, it was just pelting it with snow. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Um, and so we phoned up um, Northern Lights, local bar. And and said, look, spoke to the manager Sinead, who's fantastic, and she said, and we said, look, we're really stuck. We're holding this like you know community um, pop up cafe. There's like four inches of snow on the ground. Do you think you could host us? And she said, no problem at all. And so we had it there. And she said, I'll put on a member of staff. We can serve bacon butties. Um, you know, we don't open until Sunday afternoon. It'll be fine. 
Um, so yeah, she hosted us, and it was mm-hmm. amazing. Um, and it's not the only business that has supported us. Other businesses have um, donated cups um, and cakes and ice creams mm-hmm. and you know businesses have massively supported yeah. Harper's Yard as well um, coffee yeah coffee as well mm-hmm. yep 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 mm-hmm. so we are hugely indebted to um, the kind of local businesses and the kind of Ulmo community in general this is so great so now you're not only bringing families and, and individuals together and neighbours but also businesses from the community as well. <laughs> this is so great <laughs> And I honestly can't believe that you guys started it when you were still breastfeeding. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, it's, it's easier now because people are donating stuff. I can't believe you actually were making everything yourself yeah. for the first couple of events. It was just yeah. madness. That was mad. Yeah, I think. But it felt great after the first event. I felt that it was like the, the great sense of achievement mm. that we did something which wasn't related to children. It yeah. was our thing. We did something and people liked it. It was just amazing feeling. I well, hats off to you because I can't imagine. I mean, being a new mom must be incredibly stressful. This is the one thing I dread the most. How are you gonna tackle everything else when you have a new ward? And uh, you guys just <laughs> tackle baking all day for a charity <laughs> event and then serving coffee and cakes. Yeah, I don't know how we did it in the early days. We're much, much more. Um, uh, we're much more used to it now. We have event plans and everything. Like we yes. are pretty hot on it. We have shared Google Docs. We are, yes. you know, our planning is a lot more straightforward than it yeah. than it used to be. We kind of just churn out. <laughs> I think the first uh, poster we were doing it was the children four children running around. <laughs> I was trying to design a poster for the first event. Do you remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's just it's a little bit different now. It gets easier every time. Yeah, yeah. It gets easier every time, and and mainly because other people are doing it. You know, we're just kind of coordinating it, and other people contribute. People and people do feel um, that it's their event. That they very feel very um, personally attached to it. That it's that it's. I mean, and and Martina will, will say this as well. It's not our Harper's Yard. It's it is the community's Harper's Yard. It is it belongs to everybody. Um, yeah. I think that's definitely a part of your success because mm. you let people take ownership of it. Yeah, well. yeah. And people, I've come to realize this recently that people don't always like to be just handed things mm. on a silver platter. They like to be part of things by contributing and getting mm-hmm. properly involved. And I think that's how you have been able to achieve so much because people can get involved yeah. if they want to. Y- you're right. I do remember the first time we let people bake for us. And we were yeah, like, what, what if the cakes were rubbish? Yeah. <laughs> I do remember us being nervous about that. I don't know why we were nervous. They're amazing. You know, yeah. the standard of the bakes is incredible. But I do remember us saying, what if they bring rubbish cakes? Yeah, because <laughs> some, somebody offered, oh, can I contribute a cake? And we were like, mmm. <laughs> We do the baking. We do the baking. But I'm so glad we couldn't do it now. I know. So we have we have our um, the few cakes we always yeah. make, and then the rest. So the last event we must have had about sixty cakes. Yeah, and incredible cakes. Did yeah. well. you sample everything in the No, start absolutely no. Please send us a picture, and we'll decide whether it's allowed in. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> we just had to trust people, and my, I mean, it's incredible. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and on the, on the day there is usually no time to sample no, really no. So. and all everything goes there's always the panic and this is the typical <laughs> this is the way things go is that 
a few days beforehand, I'll say to Martina, we have not got enough cakes, there's not enough cakes, definitely haven't got enough cakes. And then um, Martina will busy get in touch with loads of people and say, can you bring cake, can you bring cake? And then the day comes and there are thousands of cakes. And as we're putting them out, I'm going, there's too much cake, there's too much cake. Martina, there's too much cake, this will never get eaten. And then it always gets eaten, it's always, always goes, gone, yeah. always. You know, at the end, people are like, you know, I'm just going to take a slice home for my dad kind of thing, but it yes. always goes. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that the homeless shelter takes note of the dates of your events, knowing that they have <laughs> a truck we've only, of It's only been a couple of times yeah. we've donated to them because yeah. most of the time everything goes. Everything mm-hmm. goes. <laughs> Which is great. I mean, yeah. you're raising money for a charity. Um, so have you got any, I know it's really hard to say because we don't know when all this madness is going to be over and when actually community events like that will be permitted again, but have, have you got any, or have you been thinking of any plans or have you been sort of looking at what charity next and, and what, what to do? Well, we started raising money uh, through that um Quarantine Bake Off, we raised money for Cruz. No, no, for the South Belfast people. Oh, was, okay, so yeah. then, yeah, so, yeah, so our next charity line that was Cruz, mm. we were thinking of maybe supporting them. So we have a charity lined up, we just yeah. don't know when our next event will be. Obviously, we're doing the cookbook and that will be for the food bank, you know, before Christmas. Yes. But we just don't know. We have been talking, we've been endlessly talking about it. You know, in some ways, it's quite nice to have a break um, because they are a, a lot of work. But you know, people are desperate, desperate to come back mm-hmm. together now. So we don't know, and we've talked about how we could hold an event, but have it in a socially distant way. Which mm-hmm. now, obviously, we can't do anything. We can't have any gathering of any sort. Um, but you know, we're thinking at the end of the summer, could we hold an event? But everyone brings their own cake and eats it by themselves. You know, yeah. but. There's, there's got to be, you know, there, there's going to be a way out of this. Um, we're going to come out the other side. Um, I think just for now, we need to just kind of hold firm and uh, keep baking mm-hmm. and wait and see what happens. It is really difficult. Mm-hmm. I do feel for you because I'm pretty sure that you guys miss it just as yeah, everyone. Yeah, we do. Totally, yeah. But that cookbook sounds like a really great plan for now or perhaps another online bake-off yeah we could do that mm-hmm. Christmas mm-hmm. bake-off that mm-hmm. could be another mm-hmm. idea yeah yeah all I was thinking like Halloween would have been pretty good oh, I, can, yeah. I can imagine the awesome Halloween pies yes. and cakes that people do yes because I've seen yeah. a lot of kids helping their friends baking on, on, on yeah. their yeah. online bake-off during yeah. the summer that was pretty cool no all the very cool kids Proudly presenting their yeah. creations. Yeah, mm-hmm. I particularly like um, Catherine, who always bakes for us. Uh, she's got three sons, and she was massively getting her three sons not just into baking, but cooking as well. You know, mm-hmm. and she took the opportunity to um, get her boys making food. You know, good family food, um, mm-hmm. and I was really impressed with that. Um, but yeah, she saw it as a, a really big opportunity to teach her boys about. <laughs> to make sure that they know how to cook. That's pretty great. I'm sure that her future daughters in law exactly. will be very grateful. Exactly. What about your kids? Are they old enough now to help you guys in the kitchen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, my son, he's seven, and he actually learned um, during lockdown to make scrambled eggs. 
Wow. Yes. Breakfast in bed? Not in bed, but he he did. He decided to make it for my birthday, and it was just lovely because he made Aww. it all by himself. And they love baking. They mm. love baking. Um, they um, so he would be weighing stuff. My daughter would be mixing stuff. She's five, and yeah, they love to help. I don't know if it's help for me. Sometimes it's like you know, cleaning flour from the floor and. <laughs> But I'm it's sure something to do. I, I do. I do enjoy doing it. They learn to clean up over time. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and but you um, did you not come up with those? Uh, your girls are really good at making those uh, dinosaur poos. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no, dinosaur unicorn poos. Unicorn poos. We invented these because um, you know uh, top hats. You know top hats with the um, marshmallow dipped in chocolate with a smarty on top. Oh yeah. There. Called top hats, and uh, so we made a variation of those. We invented because um, I've got two girls, and they're mad into unicorns, and everything is unicorn, unicorn this and that. Um, so we invented a version of the of top hats, uh, which is marshmallows dipped in white chocolate and then covered in kind of rainbow sprinkles, and we call them unicorn poos. That's and um, if you if we make them for Harper's Yard, they just go, you know, and. And it's all about the branding, obviously, because the kids are like, unicorn poos? Oh, my God. Of course I want to eat a unicorn poo. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you? They just Mommy, go instantly. Unicorn I know. <laughs> ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, but, yeah, they always go. And then one time we got a bit fed up with the unicorn poos, so we did uh, dinosaur poos, which were, had cut green sprinkles all over them. But So, yeah, it's, a <laughs> it's about being creative. But my kids, like cooking as well one of the <laughs> uh, my uh, four-year-old is all about licking the spoon afterwards yes. she'll be like can I lick it yet I'm like no we have literally just put the flour in the bowl <laughs> you can't lick it yet can I now can I no not yet <laughs> do you know what that reminds me of my own childhood I used to help my grandmother in the kitchen my grandmother was an amazing cook and absolutely incredible baker like she would we would begin baking for Christmas like four weeks uh-huh. before Christmas yes. and we would be at it pretty much every day and she baked like a massive box of variety of sweets and savory pieces for every single one of her children and depending on how many kids they have mm-hmm. that would be the size of the box and then when my sister got married and she got kids she would have a separate box as well so we were baking loads and licking the spoon that was my job like I always my grand would always when she would bake and she would be done with the sweet dough and with the with the toppings and the creams and whatever she wouldn't even bother cleaning the spoons and the the bowls too much because she would leave it yeah, to me and that yes. would be my job like lick the bowls and plates and the spoons clean and before putting it into the into the sink sweet Oh my god, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of my favourite parts of Christmas is when your parents come over with the with their cookies, the cookies, with the yes. Czech cookies. Oh yeah. That's one of my favourite things. They are incredible. Yeah. I should really I have my mother's cookbook that um I I kept and some of the Christmas recipes are in in, in there from mm-hmm. left from my grandfather and my grandma. Um, and I still haven't had the, the balls to actually <laughs> try and make it. Just because it's full of like proper flour and proper butter yeah. and sugar. And I can't eat any of that. Mm. And so kind of making it and then not mm. e- being even able to taste it. Like what kind of cook doesn't taste terrible again. Um, so I'm a bit scared of that. But I've been always 
hoping that one day I can manage to do a version that I can actually eat. But I just find it with these really traditional mm -hmm. Christmas, it's like the strudel. You yeah. know, you, it's just really difficult mm -hmm. to do that. Um, so but I'll, 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 I'll get on it one day. <laughs> I'll have my own version of Czech Christmas. But it's incredible, like the variety. I mean, we obviously live in a very different times because we most of mothers would have some sort of extra activity. Mm -hmm. If it's not full time job, if it's not part time job, then it's something else. And so having the time to dedicate three or four weeks every day to mm. baking for Christmas, like yeah. it's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know where they found the time. It was so involved. And some families would make ten different types of cookies. I just don't know how. How they fit it in i know i know and so many like i can't believe my grand did so much mm. and we never we always took it for granted mm, and yes. i kind of realized what you actually had as yes. a child so but i love the fact that people still keep getting their kids involved mm -hmm. in baking. i think it's so important i think it's so important because i'm sure that you probably met over the years especially during student times with classmates or people who never cooked mm -hmm, and it, it's mm -hmm. such a pain to watch like people who can't literally mm -hmm. even make a cup of tea yeah, <laughs> and yeah. you don't know how they survive in life yes. and here you have community of people who get their kids to help out baking for a charity it's just amazing mm -hmm. I'm yes. just I'm really amazed so when can we expect this cookbook to emerge hopefully uh, mid-november we're hoping for early november it's taking a bit longer to get uh to get find the time uh, to put it together but definitely by mid-november and and then we'll be advertising everywhere all over our social channels at harper's yard um and we'll also work out a way people are already saying you know i've got friends in australia saying can you send me a copy you know so we'll work out a way of um uh, sending it to people as well but if you follow um, Harper's Yard on Facebook then we will be able to uh, let everyone know about how they can get a copy I think we're going to see if um, so Bread and Banjo our local um, bakery on the Ormo Road they have donated they always donate a tray of brownies to us so they have given us their brownie recipe um, so we're going to ask and see if they might be able to sell it in their shop as well mm -hmm. so we're going to see if we can get it out and about in the community as well for people to to buy it as well so it will be out there hopefully mm -hmm. that would be great mm -hmm. is there any other way how people can get um will be able to get their copy <laughs> or will it be just, just personal orders I, yeah personal orders i don't know orders. we don't know yet i haven't quite worked that out I think while it's at the printers, we'll be desperately trying to work out how people can order a copy and pay by PayPal and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, this is we haven't quite worked it out yet. Girls, um, you mentioned Facebook. Is there any other way how people can contact you um, or how they can get involved in future projects? Well, we have Instagram account as well. We're also working on our website. Uh, and then it's usually most people would know us personally, so they would contact us personally. Mm -hmm. Just um, pop in for a cup of tea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> come round to Harper's Yard, Brian's Yard. Yeah. Um, yeah, so find us on Facebook and just search just for Harper's name, Yard yeah. and or on Instagram. We're also on Twitter, but we don't tweet very much, but we are there. 
Now, girls, apart from bacon, I ask this of everybody because I'm nosy. <laughs> um, I know you both have kids, so I imagine that you cook a lot, and I, I know that you get your kids always involved. Um, what is your routine like around around eating? Do you, do you normally, um, apart from baking, do you normally cook for the whole family, or is it the case of um, cooking different things for kids or different things for husbands? How do you guys tackle? Oh wow, that tea is gorgeous. It's lovely. It's just the perfect temperature for drinking as well. Ooh. Right, planes away. Mm -hmm. Where were we? <laughs> um, yeah, so how do you guys manage sort of dinner times, lunch times? What do you normally eat? What do you, what do you like to eat with your families? <laughs> well, um, so we, uh, we would eat, we would try to eat together at dinner time. Uh, my kids actually are not too bad. They are quite adventurous. They like to try new things. They are not too keen on vegetables, but they eat anything else. So I try to, there's few, uh, there are a few dishes which I know are always like a crowd pleaser. So I was making one last night. It would be like good stir fry. They like, and that's the way maybe they would eat vegetables. So we, I love cooking. So I love cooking for them. So we would, um, I like wholesome kind of food cooked from good ingredients. Um, and yeah, they usually are okay. I, I know that everybody seems to have issues when they're young. Like I certainly was like that, having issues with vegetables. I don't know what it is mm. about kids and vegetables. Like mm. I hated things like broccoli and beans yeah. and now I can't get enough of yeah. them. I think it's it's uncool because now they started to bring uh, school lunches to school and sometimes yeah. their, their friends would be looking at it and saying, what is that? And it's maybe just pasta with meatballs. So I think it's uncool to eat vegetables. <laughs> See, my kids, my kids actually love vegetables. They're just not so good at anything else. <laughs> you know, they will eat broccoli and bean, green beans and peppers. And, you know, they're, they're pretty good with vegetables. Mm. It's everything else they have a bit of a problem with. Um, and we, we often don't eat as a family because um, my other half normally works later. So we would normally eat later. But actually, since everyone's working at home now, it has allowed us to eat together more often as a family, mm -hmm. which has been a you know a huge change because you know normally he'd get home at 6 30 or 7 and then you know the kids are getting ready for bed it's too late for them to eat and all that kind of stuff um so actually him being uh working from home me being around more um has allowed us to eat more as a family and kind of get a bit more of a um a kind of head start on having a healthy family meal rather than just getting something you know as quickly as we can as when we get home from work uh so yeah it has had a, a bit of a positive impact on that front for us. I guess there are some good outcomes of, of these mm -hmm. crazy times. Mm -hmm. It's really nice that 
that people can find the positives of yeah. it. It's, it's definitely, I think that working from home should just not go away for, yeah. for, for people who can do it and who <coughs> want to. Yeah. I mean, it should always be an option to me, especially for people who, who have kids and want to spend that time. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm desperate to leave the house. <laughs> well, there's when that. can I go back to an office? But I, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, there, there are certainly times, I mean, like, yeah, like the yeah. eating with family. Yeah. I, I mean, if you're going to spend, like a lot of people commute, if, you, if you're going to spend 30, 40 minutes, and that's probably underestimating for a lot mm-hmm. of people mm-hmm. you know on the road by the time you get home your kids are in bed yeah you're gonna mm-hmm. miss on an important family time and yeah. i'm sure a lot of people enjoying the fact that they actually can spend that extra time with, with their kids i i, I know after a few months it probably <laughs> becomes a bit of old news <laughs> and please gonna get out of the house but um at the same time i i can't see how a lot of people would like the i mean i think working from home brings a lot of freedom as well that at lunchtime I mean yeah. you can just pop out mm. and go for a run or have actually yeah. since we're talking about food one of the things that I always liked about working from when I didn't have that many opportunities working from home but my job now I can't do from home but whenever I worked from home before I absolutely love the fact that I can get up at lunchtime and make myself fresh food mm. 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 What I absolutely hate is the fact when you're in the office and there's no hope and sometimes you have to just heat up food in the microwave. That's just absolutely horrendous for me. So I usually try and bring salads and things that I don't need to heat up. But in the wintertime it's difficult because you really want Mm. something hot in your belly. Mm. And so I think working from home is for many people... I think it's actually a healthier option. Yeah, definitely. And it, it does give people more time, you know, the, to actually cook and, and create a family, uh, a, you know, a healthy meal mm-hmm. rather than just having a ready meal or whatever. Because you do have that extra time. They can bake more. They can definitely mm-hmm. bake more. <laughs> <laughs> more recipes for volume two. <laughs> I know. we. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've only... In this book, we've probably only got about 20 or so recipes, so there will definitely be a volume two. If this one sells well, then we'll definitely have volume two. Maybe next Christmas. Well, tell me this before I let you go. I uh, We like to share recipes in this podcast as well. Is there a recipe? Um, first of all, do you, each of you, do you have any favorite vegetable, or if not vegetable, a favorite food or ingredient that you like to cook around and if so would you be able to share a recipe that you like mm-hmm. so uh, i like all vegetables i was thinking about it and i'm gonna say garlic i think garlic and it is vegetable i checked <laughs> um, garlic would be my favorite i find it very versatile because i can add it nearly to every savory food when I go home to the Czech Republic in the summer, I can bring fresh um, new season garlic, which is nice and juicy and really pungent. So um, I would use it quite a lot. And the recipe I'll share is, it's simple. I can use it, I can use the leftovers for different dishes. We roast vegetables. So I would, um, I would use peppers, uh, courgettes, aubergines, onions, and garlic 
still in, in its skin. Uh, put it on a baking dish, mix it with olive oil, salt, pepper, maybe some balsamic vinegar, and then roast it in the oven until vegetables cook, maybe a little bit charred even. And then I can use it as a, as a side dish. Next day, I can add it into a wrap for lunch. I can uh, crumble some feta on the top and have uh, a salad or maybe have it with a couscous. And then the garlic can be squeezed out and eat on its own, or maybe smeared on toasted bread, or maybe mix with mayonnaise on top of sandwich. That mm. sounds amazing. Do mm-hmm. you know what? I've started doing that recently. I think it was one of those things that during lockdown, I volunteered on a farm, and uh, when the veggies started to grow, I was bringing lots of vegetables, and we didn't realize how much vegetables I was actually bringing, and we kept still buying from organic farm and then we ended up one week we ended up with like loads of <laughs> leftover vegetables like we actually had so much vegetables we couldn't even fit it in the fridge so like, what are we gonna do so the whole week we were roasting veggies mm, yeah. and i started doing that i would always put garlic in mm. roast veg like over time i didn't use the roast veg that often but when i would i would peel the garlic but this time mm. because somebody and I, i'm pretty sure it was one of the podcast guests told me not to peel the damn garlic yeah because the most um i think it was actually derma from the culture but who told me not to peel garlic and onions because the most um nutrients are in the down skin and mm-hmm. obviously when when you I think when you roast stuff in their skins, it's like uh, cooking and uh, eating skinned potatoes. Mm-hmm. Like sweet potatoes, I would never peel. Mm-hmm. But it never occurred to me mm-hmm. that actually doing that with garlic and onions is also helpful. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I no longer, I still would peel onions, so it's, although I probably shouldn't. But I stopped peeling the garlic and oh my God, my par- I, can't, I can't eat it, but my partner loves it. Oh, it's amazing. Thanks for that. This is a good one. And I've actually, I've got, uh, just uh, back to garlic, I have this chocolate book at home and there are chocolate truffles with wild garlic in them. So something else to explore. I was a bit surprised, but see, versatile, versatile. Not sure about that. that. You can make this for the next half as well. I will. I might. That sounds pretty cool. Although, I mean, garlic has such a, mind you, we all got used to chili chocolate, so why not mm, garlic yes. chocolate? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. There you are. Hmm. You're putting ideas in my head. Shame I ran out of all my fermented wild garlic now. Mm-hmm. Damn it. have to wait for next season. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Claire? Um, well, uh, one of my favourite recipes, uh, one of uh, me and my husband's uh, favourite recipes, although um, my kids wouldn't eat it, um, yeah. <laughs> without a shadow of a doubt, um, we really like um, vegan chili, which is made with uh, quinoa instead of mince. Um, and it's a recipe that I got from HelloFresh. You know HelloFresh, those um, boxes which come like a million tiny bits of packaging. Um, so, But they, um, they have a cookbook, which is fantastic, because then you get all the really quick recipes, um, but without having all the plastic stuff. Um, so I use the HelloFresh cookbook all the time, but this recipe for vegan uh, chilli um, with quinoa, and it's super easy, it's just a uh, bit of onion and carrot and um, green pepper, and then uh, boil that up with uh, quinoa and vegetable stock and a tin of tomatoes and then a tin of kidney beans, 
and that is it that is and chilli obviously mm-hmm. um, and you can just use chilli powder or chilli flakes or whatever and that is it and it is so easy to make and really quick it's done in half an hour and it's really super tasty and um, we often like smother it in sour cream and then eat it with <laughs> <laughs> eat it with um, with crisps tortilla crisps chips as well oh. <laughs> to make it like totally unhealthy off the other side uh, but it is really good and I uh, really recommend it do you know what? That sounds actually really awesome. Mm, it's and you good. can it's totally good. make vegan sour cream. And if you buy, um, if you buy blue corn tortilla uh, chips, yeah. then it's a lot healthier. So okay. actually, you can make it healthy. Yeah, we'll do that next time. <laughs> it's really good. Do you know? I'm, I'm, I'm going to make this, actually. This sounds like a really good comfort food. It is. It is. It's really hearty, warming, big bowl of it with a spoon in front of Netflix. Mm. Brilliant. Oh my god. Okay, my next weekend sorted. <laughs> Thank you very much, girls. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I'm so glad we finally got to do this and I genuinely look forward to your cookbook. Oh, thank you. And, thank you. Uh, and thanks for your recipe. Oh, wait you're, to put it in. you're very welcome. <laughs> um, I really hope this madness will be over soon. Yeah. So I can, I can be, I, I'm going to get really better at, at making a point of attending. I, I know I've, I've only attended one over the years. It's always bad timing, but um, I've, uh, I think over the lockdown, like many people, I've realized what's actually really important in life. So I make a lot more time for me now and mm-hmm. for the things I actually want to do rather than for the things I think I have to do. Mm-hmm. So um, when you resume your Harper's Yard events, I, I promise to contribute with some safe bay and attend in person. And I'm really looking forward to it. And I hope it's going to be back soon because I'm sure there are a lot of people looking forward to um, um, to your lovely Cafe yeah, I hope so. Making these out of the back alley. Yeah, yes. yeah. Well, um, I heard this great thing the other day. It was someone, a scientist from uh, the World Health Organization, and she said that we never, they never refer it, refer to social distancing, because she says then people aren't socially distant; they're physically distant. You know, we're physically mm-hmm. distant, but we can still be socially connected. And I thought that is fantastic. That is exactly oh. what Harper's Yard. And this cookbook is trying to do it. So we're trying to keep people socially connected, even though we are physically distant. Oh, that's lovely. What oh. an amazing note to end the podcast. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. To stay connected with Harper's Yard, you can follow them on social media. And to stay connected with your neighbours, your friends and family during these quite unusual times, um, Why don't you try having a virtual bake-off or buy the Harper's Yard cookbook, which has now been published, and have a virtual cake and coffee with your loved ones. Um, You will have a lovely morning, do something good for your taste buds, while doing something good for other people, like raising money for South Belfast Food Bank and organization, supporting those in need, and approaching Christmas time, our contributions will be much welcome. And I can't wait to get a hold of my copy. I know Claire warned me um, that there is a lot of sugar involved, but I kind of trust my ability to substitute and make a healthy sugar-free version of just about anything by now, um, apart from strudel. Um, So if you are concerned about sugar or any other foods that you don't want to consume, 
if you do buy the book and want to make something that you are not sure about, get in touch and we can swap tips on how to make bakes healthy. Talking about food, Claire's favorite recipe by HelloFresh can be found at www.hellofresh.co.uk slash recipes and you want to search for one pot vegetarian chili. Martina's roast veg with garlic recipe can be found on our social media and downloaded from the file section of our Facebook group page alongside with all the other recipes shared on this podcast to date. And as for this podcast cookbook, I have to admit it's not finished yet. Uh, The aim was to have it ready by the end of October. Sadly, I managed to catch what was apparently a norovirus and uh, was not able to do much work on the book. So I am still catching up uh, with college and other things, which means um, there is quite a delay. But I am hoping to get it done by the end of November. But I definitely want to have it done before Christmas. Um, By the end of this month would be ideal. Um, The good news is that I only have two more recipes from the large collection we have um, that I need to make and photograph. And I've only a handful of those left to type up. So after that, it will be just a matter of proofreading, which I think it's probably the hardest part. So if any of you guys out there fancy volunteering as a proofreader and would like to go through... um, couple of uh, those recipes or even a whole section of those recipes for me I'd be eternally grateful Uh, you can get in touch with me through social media or email me at thesweetspud at gmail.com and yeah if, if catching typos is your thing please by all means get in touch I will need as many hands on deck as possible because catching my own typos has never been something I would be good at and if proofreading isn't your thing but you do like the podcast please leave us a review or rating on whichever platform you use to listen to us there is so much content out there for everyone to choose from and honest reviews help listeners find the kind of content they are actually interested in and it simply helps us content makers get matched with the right audience so big thank you to those few who have already done so it is so much appreciated you have no idea and on that note have a lovely couple of weeks Try baking something with your family and remember, whatever you do, stay healthy. Until next time. As every week, your host is myself, Susanna from The Sweet Spot. Music by Mark J. Adair and artwork by Gemma O'Hagan. Thank you for listening. Thank you.